Um, if you have your Bibles, I would like to call your attention to the 21st chapter of the gospel recorded by Matthew, Matthew chapter 21. And if you don't have your Bible, look on with someone. This is the word of God. Thank God for our media people. They put it up there. <clears throat> because we're still trying to get you in the word. Trying to get you in the word. Because if you get in the word, the word will get in you. <laughs> Amen. Trying to get you in the word. Not by what McClendon says, it's what God has said. And I believe every jot, every tittle from Genesis to Revelation, as Big Mama said, from cover to cover, this is the Word of God. <clears throat> Amen. I'm reading from the King James Version. Let's read verses 12 through 16 out loud together. Make a chorus of this Word of, of God. All right, let's read. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seat of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them and when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying Hosanna to the son of David they were very displeased and he said unto them, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have ye never read, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, Thou hast perfect praise. Amen. The grass withereth, the flower faded, But the word of our God stand forever. Verse number 13. And he and, and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But ye have turned, made it a den of thieves. I want to talk today from the subject, not in my house. Not in my house. You may be seated. Not in my house. Amen. Not in my house. That used to be a famous quote from my now deceased mother who have crossed the bridge of no return. The late missionary Leora McClendon. And she would if I said something or did something, she would make this statement only once. And she would shake her little finger in my face and say, not in my house. Some things my mother did not 
and was not going to tolerate. And the number one thing that she was not going to tolerate was disrespecting her. The second thing she was not going to tolerate was disrespecting her. And the third thing she was not going to tolerate was disrespecting her. Not in her house. I know some of you parents nowadays, and I tell some of you so often, I wish I had some of you all for my parents. Cause y'all, some of y'all are so sweet and so nice and you try to get along, you try to be friends with your children and all that. But not so with Ora. Amen. She said there was only one boss in this house. And she was the boss. Amen. There was no debating. There was no liberating. If she said sit down, all of us sat. Amen. And because she said not in this house. And that's a word of some of you parents. Some of you parents need to go home today and tell some of these grown folk, land up while you at church. Land up in your bed while you at work, they sleep. You need to go home today and declare to them, not in this house. If I go to work, you going. Well, see, my mama had a saying, when she left, everybody left. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, bless the Lord. I know. I know that's rough on some of y'all because y'all so concerned about being your children's friends. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. I wish I had some of y'all be my mothers. Y'all so cute. Amen. But my mother said, No, when I leave and get this, we all went to church with her. Well, bless the Lord. And when we came back home, we were back under her rule. Don't care how old we were. Amen. No smoking, no drinking. No card playing. One of the worst whipping we got. My oldest brother in the Air Force came home from the Air Force, taught, her how to, taught us how to play Crazy Eight with his uniform on. My mama whipped him and all of us together. Amen. <laughs> Not in my house. Oh, bless the Lord. And that's, and that's, what, that's what some of you may be wondering. That, what happened to Jesus? What what? What went wrong with Jesus? What, what caused Jesus to snap? The local news probably would have intervened. CNN or either KVU probably would have cut in and said, uh, there been trouble in the temple. Or they would have said, carpenter creates chaos. Or they could have said, menacing Messiah. Or they might have said, rabbit rabbi <laughs> but Jesus something set Jesus off this 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 savior of ours see a, a lot of people that's why I don't watch all these movies coming up about Jesus uh, on Easter Sunday because first of all he wasn't a white man first of all that's why I don't watch it he wasn't white and he wasn't black with a dashiki on either he wasn't <laughs> He didn't have dreadlocks. He was don't y'all go put dreadlocks on him, amen. He was a brown man, and he wasn't no weak man. See, a lot of people try to make Jesus like some little weak fellow. No, Jesus was a man. He went there and turned those tables over, amen. amen. Well, bless the Lord, amen. See, I, 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 I tell you all, the, the, the experiment in feminism has failed. And now our society is crying out, where are the men? Amen. Women and children are crying out. 
Where are the men? Told a young lady last week, there's a difference between a man and a male. If you marry a male, you on your own. <laughs> you marry a man, he'll take care of you. He'll lay his life down for you. He'll do whatever needs to be done to take care of you. That's a man. And Jesus was a man. Amen. That's why a lot of these women around here are mad. That's why a lot of these women are angry. They got hooked up with a male. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's why you need to pray. That's what I'm talking about. Because see, if you don't pray, you'll get your you'll be you'll think you have a Boaz and he's a bozo. See, that's why you got to pray. See, see some of, why some of them mad. Jesus, Jesus was a man. He went out and turned over some table. You see, he went into the temple because the the history and the importance of the temple to the Jews. The purpose of the temple was a place that they came to communicate with God. It would represent the very presence of God among the people of God. And they served and prayed to God and they worshiped him. See, the life and survival of these Jews of Israel was wrapped up in their worship of Jehovah. The temple of Jesus was, this temple uh, that Jesus destroyed, I mean the temple he turned over, went in on Palm Sunday. Uh, this was not the temple built by Solomon. Solomon's temple was destroyed or built in 966 B.C. And it was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C. But the temple was the, the center of the worship of the people of God. And that's why we're having so much trouble in this nation today. A lot of Christians no longer go to church. They no longer see going to worship as important. Do you go to church? No, I ain't going. Some of y'all texting right now. Some folks are going to text. You can't hear the message. They text. Who's there? Well, you ought to have been here. Amen. Who's singing today? Well, you ought to came. Amen. Can't hear this good sermon. Texting something. What you going to do after church? Like I normally go eat. What you going to do with me? Amen. We're blessed. Ain't that important? Amen. 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 And, and Jesus, when the temple was the center of which it used to be the center of our culture. The, the black church used to be the center of our culture. We did all of our courting. We got married. We baptized our, our children. We christened our children. We buried our dead in the house of God. Back then, we wasn't committing suicide. Wasn't all this craziness going on because we, we saw the importance of, of coming to the house of God. Well, Jesus get to the temple and, and these people, I have time this morning to deal with it. Uh, uh, there were seven uh, uh, courts in the house of, of temple of God. First of all, were the holy of holies and only the high priest could enter in once a year on the day of atonement, Leviticus chapter 16, only one, only the high priest could go in and the other priest would tie, would tie a rope around his waist. So if he went into the Holy of Holies with unconfessed sins in his life, God killed him. Bam! So he had rope, a rope tied around his waist, had bells on his robe. So if they didn't hear no jingling, they knew he was dead. Then they dragged him out because they could. Can you imagine what happened today if, if God would strike us down with 
Okay, okay, let's move on then. Amen. Amen. Then the holy place is where the priests, uh, the sacred objects were kept. The, 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 the Ten Commandments, the Ark of the Covenant, Moses' rod were kept in the, sec, in, the, in the holy place. And then the court of the priests is where the priests uh, came and only the priests could go in here. And where the priests made their sacrifices. Then the fourth place was the outside court of priests, which was the court of men. Only men could come into that place. And then the court of women. Only women could come into that place. They had segregated worship. Women on that side, men on that's on that court. And then the outside court was the court of the Gentiles. This is where the Gentiles could come and learn about Yahweh. Was it, it was in this court where the money changers sold animals and exchanged money to buy the animals for the sacrifice. See, Deuteronomy chapter 16 and 16 said, all male had to appear before God three times a year and never appear empty-handed. So when they came, they had to bring an animal for sacrifice. And they couldn't use the, the Romans' coin. They had to use the shekel, the, 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 the Jewish coin. So they had set up money exchanging tables. Have you ever traveled outside the country? You go to the country and you go exchange your money. You go in, go and get you some pesos or wherever you're traveling. Uh, uh, and, and these guys, and instead of having a service to help the people, they had a service start ripping the people off. Because you had to have an animal when you went in. And so they would charge exorbitant prices to buy and sell the animals. They, in other words, they were pimping the people. They were pimping the sheep. <laughs> you know, because you had to have a sacrifice. Unlike here, see, you can come if you don't, you don't you want to do it. But they had to. So these guys had them over barrel. So they would charge them exuberant prices to exchange. And then they were selling animals in the temple. Ripping the people off. Just like nowadays, you watch a lot of folk on TV. They spend more time selling than they do preaching. Oh, we got a conference coming up. Oh, we have some CDs or some blessed water or blessed prayer cloth. Amen. And as I tell you all the time, amen, uh, if you just got to have a blessed prayer cloth, I can pray for it for you. I'm, I'm anointed. And then you can keep that money here at St. James. You ain't got to be sending. If you need your all blessed, I'm anointed. I'll bless you all for you. And I'll give you a discount if you want to give me some. You ain't got to. <laughs> well, bless his name. Amen. They had ripped the people off. And Jesus come in. First of all, I want to talk about is thieves in the temple. See, you always going to have some crooks at church. So to all y'all who just got saved, just came here all bright eyed, bushy tail, think everybody here is saved for the Holy Ghost. Listen, there are some crooks at the church. And if you stay around long enough, you'll bump into some. <laughs> well, bless the Lord. And they're selling, ripping the people off. And there are folk who will rip you off in the name of Jesus. A whole lot of these prophets are just profiting from your ignorance. And some of us, we'll follow anybody. Just anything. Some of this stuff, I just, my wife tell me, just don't watch it. I just can't watch it. It just, 
I mean, I mean, just a outlandish what some of our folks, some of our folk are following anything, you know, you know, just anybody come through with a head rag on their head. They, the prophet said and all that. How you know he's a prophet? What make a prophet? See? And they won't even, I told you last Sunday, anybody who does not respect the leadership in your life is not from God. See, God is a God of order. And he's not going to disrespect the, the pastor at St. James. And he's not going to disrespect your husband if you have one. God is a God of order. And Jesus go to these, these crooks in there. Amen. And uh, so stop looking for a perfect church. Stop looking for a perfect pastor. Perfect deacons. Perfect ushers and choir members and greeters. You hang around long enough. Amen. That's why I stopped looking a long time ago for a perfect church. <laughs> I have some of everything at St. James. But Jesus said in Matthew 13 and 30, let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say unto the reaper, gather together first the tares and bind them in bundles and bring them and burn them, but gather the wheat into the barns. These crooks at church. Yeah, you you may be sitting beside a robber. Just keep looking at me, amen. See, uh, in church, we got a bunch of bold robbers. They don't have a mask or gone. Because the Bible said, Malachi 3 and 8, will a man rob God? And if you're not tithing, you're a robber. You are robbing God in his house. Well, bless his name. I told you about some crooks in the house. Amen. And Jesus said, the Bible said, let the wheat and taff grow together. Jesus came in to purify his temple. And when Jesus called the temple my house, he was affirming the fact that he is God. Got to get that now. You got to get this now. See, uh, you got to get this. Jesus is God. He said, in my house, personal possessive pronoun, he was making the affirmation that he is God. Jesus is not a God. He is God. Well, bless his name. Amen. You'll get that. Later on, these folk running around here, you better start asking some serious questions. First of all, I'm not concerned about your denominational decal and all that foolishness. I've got to ask three questions. First of all, are you saved? And then the second question is, who saved you? And the third question is, how did he save you? Jesus is God. The homoousion of Christ, he is just as much God as he was man. And then Jesus said, my house. I get sick of these folk around here talking about their name or their church. If you ain't named Church of Christ or that, well, you, he called it a house of prayer. <laughs> oh, amen, amen. If you really want to get technical, he said, my house. This is his house. This don't belong to us. We just have St. James. We just members here. See, this is my church by stewardship, your church by membership, but it's his church by ownership. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we go with his manual because he is the this is the owner's manual my house is his house everything you home have belong to him 
And he said, my house. Run up here acting funny. Some of y'all act funny. I see you. you may not act funny with me, but I bet you act funny with your wife. Somebody else act funny. When we speak, like it's your breath. Like it's your job. Like it's your money. Everything we have belong to God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the earth and the world and they that dwell there, everything belongs to God. Set my house. The thing. Then secondly, look at the mercy of the miracles of God's grace. Once he cleaned the temple, miracles took place. See, once he got rid of the junk, <laughs> look at verse 14, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. See, God can't work no miracles in a bunch of junk. Tell all you people who are shacking up, get married. God can't bless that mess. God to bless your mess and you, you violating scripture like it's a, like ain't nothing wrong with it. Get yourself some license and get your little hot self married. God ain't gonna bless no mess. There was no party in the pig pen. Well, I wish I had a witness. Y'all know some people have it's right anyway. It's right right here. I feel all right right here. Right now. that wasn't see. There was no pardon in the pig pen. Amen. Amen. The boy was still a son, a dirty, stinking, piggish smelling boy in the pig pen. But the daddy did not have no party in the pig pen. But as soon as he came home, strike up the band. <laughs> You see, God ain't going to bless you with known mess in your life. You can shake it and fake it and look like it, but God ain't going to bless no mess. See, you got to clean out that junk. If your life is not lined up with him, he's not going to bless you in your foolishness. Amen. You can shake and fake if you want to. Amen. God ain't going to bless. He got rid of that mess and then he worked some miracles. See, once you give up that liquor, you're still drinking you know, he'll, he'll, he'll work. I can't say, I can't say sex anymore at church. I can't say fornication because there are people say I talk too much about sex and fornication. So I can't say that. I can't, I can't say fornication because people say I talk too much about it. But now if you fornicate, you don't get no breakthrough. I told y'all a few weeks ago, my wife and I, one of my preachers, he'll be preaching for me, Lord, bless later on this year. Stayed up all night when I first got saved, praying with this young woman, trying to get her delivered. And we praying and binding generational curses and all that stuff all night long. I lost all night sleep, fooling around, then praying, hitting the floor, knowing with all, putting prayer cloths on her. And, and then, and finally about 6 a.m., I got to go preach at 11. I've been up all night long, Saturday night with my wife and, and found the Holy Spirit said, ask her, does she have a boyfriend? I said, you got a boyfriend? Yes, sir. And I opened it. Ask her, is she shacking? You shacking? Uh-huh. I said, that's your problem. Get up and get out of here. Wasting my time all night long. There ain't gonna be no miracles. I don't care who you are. I don't care how you try to rationalize. God ain't gonna bless your temple when there's mess in your life. As soon as he got rid of the, the, the money changers, miracles took place. Some of you trying to hold on to death. Some of y'all trying to hold on to these dead, ungodly relationships. 
Ain't gonna be no miracle in your life. Have you ever wondered why some people are getting blessed and you not? You at church just as much as they are? You know? There may be some stuff in your life. There may be some unforgiveness in your life. There may be some hatred in your life. There may be some jealousy in your life that Jesus said, I can't bless you the way I want to bless you until you turn over these tables and get them out of your life. If God blessed us in our mess, we keep on doing it. That's why you, that's why, that's why you just, can't, just can't give your children everything. They'll think you're agreeing with them. Well, they came to him and Jesus healed him. See, blind, he healed him. Once he got rid of the money chain, got rid of the mess. When I first got saved, excuse for being personal, there were folk trying to tell me I could live any kind of way, still get blessed. But the, but I, the, fear, the Bible said no. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Who are you to say? The book says this. <laughs> and the miracle didn't take place. Why? Well, I know it's going to get quiet in here. Come well, thank you. I already preached it this morning, last night to myself. And it sounded good then. It still sounds pretty good right now. Amen. Amen. See, <laughs> see because, because God, see, God want to tell somebody, you're trying to hold on to sin. And God tell you, you got to purify your temple. See, Hebrews 12, uh, 1 said, uh, laying aside every sin and every weight that do it so easily beset us. You got to clean up your own place. Once God saved you, you know stuff in your life that's not right. Then you got to get rid of it if you want God to bless you in your life. He after that, after he cleaned the temple, there were miracles. And then what, what does God want? Look, look, they got mad because the children start praising God. Look at it. Look at it. The religious folk, church folk. Got mad, got mad. See, uh, God, uh, don't fool yourself. Listen, you ain't got to say nothing. God got some rocks on reserve. He gonna get the praise, amen. I mean, it, it may take another series of bombing to fill up our churches, but God gonna get the praise, amen. I mean, I mean, uh, the babies, see, in the mouths of suckling come perfect praise, and and God inhabits the praises of his people. I know you got say amen all during the whole service, but somewhere between the start of worship and the benediction, that ought to be an amen somewhere. I mean, I mean, you ain't got to say it the whole time, but somewhere between the singing and the praying and the word, if God been good to you, that ought to be at least one hand go up a little bit and say, thank you. I mean, I mean, God inhabits the praises of his people. And these religious folk got mad. I mean, I, some, some people think they say amen for the preacher. They agree with the preacher. You ain't got to say amen. You ain't, God ain't asked you to authenticate his word. He give us an opportunity to be blessed. And the children keep bringing children. That's why this morning my children's sermon, I wasn't planning on crying like I did, but uh, my mama took us to church and at the age of eight, God touched my little heart. And most people you run across saved that they got saved early in life. Because once a rascal reaches a certain age, it's hard to break through that mess. Parents keep bringing your children to church. Well, then, then, then 
Can you imagine anybody getting upset with praise? The religious leaders got mad and said, the kids are praising you. God wants us to praise him. God inhabits our praise. And it's through our praise that keeps us from going crazy. If that young man here in Austin had been, instead of working out bombs, had been praising, he would have forgiven those people. Praise help us to get rid of our hatred and help us to love us. Then what does God want in his house? Well, just a few things and I'm out of here. First of all, God wants prayer in his house. When you pray, prayer is evident of our dependence on God and our faith in his word. So when you pray, you are saying, God, I'm depending on you. I know I'm educated. I know I have a few dollars in my pocket. But when you pray, you're saying, God, I am totally dependent on you. And if you don't do it, it will never get done. That's why our country is really rocking because people think politics going to fix it. People think education going to fix it. And we do need politicians. We do need education. But alone it won't do it. When you pray, you're saying, God, we're depending on you. God don't fix it. It won't get fixed. And like I said in my prayer, I didn't see all of the marches yesterday. Those young people... But the few speeches I heard, I didn't hear nobody invoke the name of Jesus. The mess we're in, you can march all day long, get all the guns, but that won't change messed up hearts. God not only want his people to pray, he want his people to be healed. God is a healer. And he wants to heal his people. He's still in the miracle working business. And, and you can't tell God who to heal, how to do it. But I know one thing, he can do it. And he has done it. Matter of fact, he did it in my own life. And whatever happened to you, whatever injury you have, whatever hurt you have, God won't let you know he wants you to be healed. I don't care who did it to you when it happened. You may have cancer, whatever it is. I want to let you know God wants you to be healed. He, 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 that's why we keep coming. We keep coming because that could be the Sunday that you missed. Could be the Sunday that God was going to work it out in your life. And that's why every chance I get, I want to be here because the miracles took place in my life in the house of God. And then God wants us to praise in his house. I just mentioned a few minutes ago throughout the Bible, the psalmist, they always talk about praise ye the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. We worship God for who he is. And we praise him for what he has done. Just think about it. Praise. How powerful praise is. Can you imagine what would happen if with my whistle every time you think about God being good to you and what God has done in your life, I blow my whistle. See, every, every time I think about how good God been to me, I blow my whistle. Every time I think about how he woke me up this morning, I blow my whistle. <laughs> 
gave me a job, gave me health and strength. But that, that's all praise is. That's all praise is in the life of every believer. All we're doing is just blowing our whistle. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he done for me, my hands go up, my heart get warm. All I'm doing is just blowing my whistle. I just want to let the world know I'm not trying to show out. I'm not, but I want to tell you God been good to me. And I just want to blow my whistle. Uh, he saved my soul. He, he brought me through danger seen and unseen. And all I want to do is bless his name. Every chance I get, I just want to bless his name. I want to thank him uh, for just giving me health and strength to stand up here and preach. I remember time after my surgery, I couldn't even stand up. But I'm on my own two feet and that's, and that's all praise is. You just blowing your whistle. I, I don't mean to be noisy. I don't mean to go on. But when I think of what Jesus done for me, I just want to blow my whistle and tell him thank you for making a way. Thank you. I was on my way out, uh, on my way down. Uh, they had given up on me, but you looked beyond my faults and saw my knees. And, and all praise is I'm just blowing my whistle. Thank you for another day. Thank you for making a way. Thank you for all you've done. Let everything that have breath praise his name. You ought to praise him in the morning. Praise him in the evening. Praise him. Let everything that have breath ought to blow your whistle. When you get to work tomorrow, hey, when you get your check next week, you ought to bless him. He's been good. Somebody say yeah. Somebody say yeah. Somebody say yeah. He's been good. He wants us to bless his name. He wants us to praise his name. Yeah, I know it's all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for riding into my life. Oh, thank you for dying on a cross, buried in a bar or tomb. Well, uh, Sunday morning rose from the dead. Yes, I'm gonna blow my whistle. He's been mighty good to me. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. 
not in my house, but he wants us to bless his name. He wants us to celebrate his goodness. He wants us to be a witness to a dying world that Jesus is still alive. Not in my house. He won't, he's in my house. You let four or five hundred of us come out on Wednesday night, six o'clock, start praying. We covered this past Wednesday Dr. Rayner's book about praying for the leadership in the church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the pastoral staff. Pray for deacons. Pray for all the ushers. Pray for those who be praying for Sister Shelton this evening and the kids and praying for Sister Williams for our 60 choir. We're not doing this stuff just to be doing it. We're trying to see some folks saved. There are some folks that won't come out to hear no preaching, but they'll come here. Some say, we just trying to see some people saved. So you keep blowing your whistle and keep praying. Praying for the people on your pew. The devil's out to us. There's a snake in the tree. Reverend, Reverend Dukes preached this morning our men's prayer breakfast. Don't fool yourself. The devil trying to set a trap for all of us. And when you see empty seats in the church, many times people been trapped by the devil. Pray for them. Start praying for them. I, I pray for our president. Because when you pray for people, you start seeing people the way God sees them. God loves all of them. God is not finished with us. In my house, it's going to be called a house of prayer. You keep praising God. I praise him down the street sometimes. I just thank him uh, just for waking me up. Thank him for uh, keeping me alive. Before I got saved, I put a gun to my own head. So I was messed up. Could have been dead. I bring my own wood just in case. But God said, not in my house. This is what's going to be in my house. I'm going to pray and praise and hear the word. 